Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Lit Crit Podcast. I am so excited to have every single one of you here and every single one of you guys listening in this morning. It means so much that you would take the time out of your day to listen to the biggest passion project of mine. And honestly, I just wanted to let you guys know that I look forward to sitting down and discussing books with you you know, every single week. And I know sometimes I don't have the most reliable of uploads of when it's going to happen, but it brings me so much joy and so much peace to sit down and just discuss books. And over the last week, I've been kind of thinking a lot about bookstagram and book talk and just how connected as a community we are. And I know that there's so much going on in the world right now, but I hope that you find a safe space here in my podcast and that you take comfort in getting to discuss books and our biggest love and our biggest passion project because if you're listening in, you enjoy books or you enjoy reading or maybe you even just enjoy the series that I'm discussing this week. But I'm just so grateful to all of you who are listening in, whether you're just listening in or whether you've been listening in for a while and you stood with me during my whole little year break off where school got kind of crazy because as we know, life life is just busy. So I'm just so thankful for all of you guys and I know that we're kind of a small but growing podcast, but I'm so thankful to each and every one of you who takes the time to support not only my podcast, but my Instagram. And that's just something that I have loved being able to do to really grow on bookstagram and really see all every, just everyone's content really. So I'm just so thankful for you guys. And, and I just can't wait to jump into this week's read. So this week's read is going to be crushed again, but we're going to focus in on a character like we did last week. So last week I talked about Jackson Vega. And if you haven't listened to that podcast, you should, because I think it gives a very deep and insightful look into our tortured prince, or as I like to call him, our gallant prince. Um, But this podcast is going to be a little bit similar to that, except we're going to do a character evaluation of none other than Grace Foster. Um, But before we dive into all that fun, um, a quick reminder that the book giveaway did end. It was on lit.crit.podcast. And I'm so thankful to every one of you that entered. And I'm so excited to announce that uh, Just Perfection won. So I'm so excited for them. They have already been sent that gift card to claim you know, the new book that they want. So I'm so excited about that. And just stay tuned for my next giveaway, which will be at 200 followers. So now to kind of jump in to the good stuff. Like I said, I really enjoyed talking about Jackson last week, and I wanted to try that again with our leading lady, Grace Foster. So I'm also still in the process of reading Crush. So it's been what I would call a busy week for me. So I'm in the process of grad school applications, honestly, and I'm taking two summer classes. So the reading of this book is going a bit slower for me than usual. That doesn't mean I don't already love Crush even more than I liked Crave. Um, So which is kind of the tea, right? So it's funny because I'm making these recordings about my knowledge from Crave, but I'm also reading Crush at the same time. So it's interesting because I'm seeing character development and I'm like, hmm. I'm like, hmm, just because it's different. Like I've never had, like, it's interesting to see the difference between like what I think they are stagnant wise and then seeing them progress to the next book has definitely added in some much needed diversity and layering, I think of the characters. So, but I really do like Crave so much more better, so much more, that's not even a thing. I like Crave just a lot better than I do Crush. But without further ado, 
I'm going to present to you the podcast centered around the feminist icon who surprises herself and everyone else, the master of her own destiny and a woman in control, Grace Foster. Now, once again, this podcast does have spoilers, so if you're trying to avoid them, please listen back when you finish the book. It's absolutely to die for, so I highly recommend it. Now, let's get to the meat and potatoes of this podcast, starting with the beginning of the story, Grace Foster arriving at Academy Academy, a world very different from hers. And I could sit here and make joke after joke about how California is very different from Alaska. But the main difference between California and Alaska is that she arrives broken. Grace is a broken mirror that's been trying to pick up the broken shards of her life, that path that has somehow taken her to Alaska. And do you know how they say when hell freezes over? Well, that's it for Grace. Hell has quite literally frozen over and she's knocking on the door of a supernatural academy, which of course she doesn't know at the time. But the thing is, Grace talks about her life in California and how amazing it was and how she misses the sun and how she misses her parents and how she misses the life that she used to have. And the thing is, pre her parents, pre Academy or Academy, she was a whole living, breathing person. And when she gets to Academy or Academy, she's not. She's, she's broken. And it's these broken shards of her life that she's been trying to pick up. And the only family that she has is her uncle and her cousin, that live literally in the middle of nowhere at some super haunted academy. And Grace kind of arrives in this headspace of, of vulnerability and, and, and just shock. Vulnerability and shock because not only is she dealing with the grief of losing her parents, but also realizing very quickly that she doesn't belong here. And it's not just because they're these supernatural creatures, but it's because she herself isn't like any of them, personality-wise either. It's, you know, what what does she have in common with a bunch of spoiled kids in Alaska? And that's kind of what she goes into when she's thinking about all of this. You know, what do I... These are spoiled rich kids. Like, what do I have, you know, to do with any of them? I'm not like any of them. But, I mean, the her saving grace... See what I did there? Um, is that she's got a cousin, not only armed with supernatural powers, but the power of kindness. And like I said, that's possibly her saving grace. Macy's kindness is what starts the breaking down of the wall of ice around her heart. And we can't blame her for putting it there. The trauma that Grace endures before Academy Academy isn't discussed very often, but should be. Her parents die in a car crash and leave her alone, stranded, an orphan. And then she must make the unimaginable trek to Alaska to try to start the process of confronting her grief. And that's something that we have to know is that she's kind of been living in this weird space where she hasn't really dealt with the grief. The grief is all just still very there and very real. And so, but when she gets to Academy or Academy and she gets to this place, a place that she doesn't even really want to be in the first place, she's treated like an outsider and she's told that she's not wanted by the most popular guy in the school. And she's a fish out of water. And while I've explained Jackson's motives at length, it still doesn't excuse the fact that he hurt her. So I talk about their conversation a lot in his podcast. Um, and I just talked about how he was using it to try to further her best interest because he didn't want her to get hurt. But really he doesn't take the time to think about how it would affect her and he's not considering that until those fronts drop and those walls drop on both of their sides and they're able to see that they're both hurting and they're both in a lot of pain 
And I think Jackson knowing that changes his tune and also the fact that they're like mates, LOL, he would change his tune, but <laughs> he hurts her and she's just pain after pain after hurt after hurt is what Grace has been through. But even with that conversation, even with that nasty conversation that Jackson has with her, she still manages to stand on her own two feet and she just doesn't roll over and give up. Um, she makes it known what she needs to do and she needs to stay here Academy Academy. And it's because partially she doesn't have the choice and but partially she doesn't want to be defeated. She is this feminist icon that has inner strength and motive and she wants to prove to herself that she can do this. You know, not only is she in a new environment with new people, but she's also in an environment where literally it's frozen over, like a lot, like there's nothing in Alaska. And I think she has to prove to herself that she can do this as well. So she like stands up to Jackson, and even though there's that attraction between them, she manages to say, hold up, like you're not God's gift to everyone. Like I, I don't appreciate the way you've been treating me. I don't appreciate the way you've been acting towards me. And that's kind of her MO towards Jackson the entire time until they really start to fall for each other. And that's what I like about her is that she accepts this banishment to the icy tundra. And she, for a lack of a better word, she says to everyone back, I guess, lack of a better phrase, but she says to everybody, you know, I'm here to stay. I can do this, you know, even when it gets dangerous, even when she finds out that everyone there is supernatural and there's this added layer of danger, she says, I can do it. Like, I will do it. And I think we should applaud her for that. She has this inner strength and this inner feminism that is something that's so nice to see in YA novels, to see that the girl is standing up on her own two feet. And so, and it's not easy for her. You know, half of the school hates her because Jackson Vega is captivated by her has an interest in her and the other half hates her because she's a part of some revenge plot to bring Hudson Vega back which of course she knows nothing about but regardless her innocence doesn't make her safe it only makes her more more vulnerable and I really enjoyed that conversation between her uncle and her in his office where he admits that he believed that her innocence would be what would protect her but in reality is it's only what caused more danger to her safety and to her life. And it's why she ends up trusting the wrong people in this book. Like Laya and Flint are absolute garbage in this novel. Uh, now that I'm reading Crave, I will say that Flint may have a few redeeming qualities, but regardless, they have this epic plot to murder an innocent girl through an attempt at friendship. And honestly, I believed in the genuine sincerity that Laya had for Grace. I believe that she wanted them both to heal. I believe that the friendship was something Laya wanted because she believed it would bring her peace. And Grace believed that too, that this friendship would help her heal from the trauma that she's endured. And I feel like a lot of times, you know, when we're going through something, we tend to seek out people that have been in a similar experience. And Laya abuses that. And Laya abuses that relationship with Grace. And I can admit, oh, how we were wrong. You know, this friendship was not this redeeming quality. This friendship was not something that Laya wanted Grace to have or to have with Grace. She literally just was trying to bring back her psycho ex-boyfriend. So basically what I'm saying is this friendship was a front. It was a massive front, and I realized how psycho Laya literally was. Um, I'm not going to get into all the gruesome details of the tunnels because if you know, well, you know, and... 
basically, this is kind of where we learned that it was Laya who murdered Grace's parents in an attempt to bring back her, to bring her back to Academy Academy. And like, that's absolutely disgusting. Like how, like, I think when I read that, my mouth like literally probably fell agape because all this time I had believed that not only was Laya a good person, but that I'm trying to figure out the, way, the best way to word it. Not only did I feel like Laya was a good person, but that her parents had died in this totally freak accident, that it wasn't plotted or planned. And then that just shoe drops. And you realize how absolutely twisted Grace's entire journey has been since she's got to Academy Academy. Also, I'm going to take a drink of my coffee. I'm drinking um, hazelnut. Hmm. Let me know what kind of coffee that you guys are drinking because I am such a coffee lover. So you guys have any good roast or any good creamers? Let me know. You can, guys can drop it <laughs> in the Instagram, which is at lit.crit.podcast. Um, but back to what I was saying. She just trusts the wrong people. And these people that she's trusted have been a part of the most horrific and atrocious moments of her life. And... Honestly, I know I talked about how Flint had some redeeming qualities, but he's not much better in this book. And he uses every opportunity to try and gain her trust, only attempt to dispose of her in his dragon form. And it's interesting as I'm reading, obviously, Crush Now, and they talk a lot about the scars on her wrist from the dragon and everything that went down there. And I just think about how absolutely sick and twisted that he was. And I know that he felt what he was doing was right. And I know that he felt vindicated in that, but at the same time, his behavior in this book is inexcusable. And it's interesting to kind of see how he's trying to work towards a new friendship with Grace. Um, and I think that's interesting. But in this first book, he really is just this horrible human being. And everything that Grace thought that she had built Academy or Academy was this lie, except for Jackson. Jackson was the constant. But the thing is, these are supernaturals. And I know that I talked about that a lot in Jackson's podcast, but there's something that Grace isn't, or at least wasn't. And all the pain and trauma she faced ultimately did lead her home. And I know that I talked about how she trusted the wrong people and how they were horrible to her and how they created this atmosphere that was 10 times harder for her. But... Without pain, there is no gain. And I know that expression is kind of cheesy. But going through all this, coming to Academy Academy, meeting Jackson, having these horrible things happen to her in the tunnels through Flint and through Laya, she then gets to figure out who she really was, who she was always meant to be. And that's the gargoyle, the gargoyle, excuse me, who was locked away until forced to surface. And can we just talk about that moment where she's completely selfless? selfless, excuse me, and she sacrifices herself for Jackson. And I think in my head, I thought about how gargoyles are protectors. And it just, to that to me was so just brave and bold. And she's this supernatural, absolute icon of a queen. And we have to celebrate her. And I know that there's a lot of discussion about how grace is the new Bella, but that's not true. And the more that I've read, the more that that has made clear to me that she is not Bella. 
Grace is someone that will stand up for what she wants, stand up for the other people in her life. And I know that everyone always jokes with Twilight that Bella doesn't start really her journey or until after she becomes a vampire. But Grace starts her journey of self-redemption and working through grief and growing and becoming the person that she's meant to be way before she becomes the gargoyle. She sacrifices herself not knowing that she is supernatural. And so we have to applaud her for that. We have to stand up for her and we have to say, you are this feminist icon. You are somebody that has power and strength and beauty and grace. And she's just a queen and I absolutely adore her. And I just, I cannot wait to see more from her. I've really enjoyed reading Crush even more than I enjoyed reading Crave because I'm getting to see more of that kind of that fierce, strong personality come out. And it's just been such a joy to absolutely read. And I know this podcast was just a bit late this week and that it probably is just a bit all over the map. These are a lot of my um, thoughts. And I'm also talking as you know, as we're going, but I just... I really enjoyed her and I really enjoyed this read and I hope that you guys have read it. I hope that you guys love it and let me know what you guys think about Grace. Let me know if you think that I'm spot on with her character analysis or if there's other things that I'm not considering and you can drop all those comments um, either in the podcast or at the Instagram, which as I said, you guys know is at lit.crit.podcast and I'm so excited to come back to you guys next week and talk about maybe maybe crush, or maybe I'll be talking about another character in good old Crave. So I'm so excited that you guys are listening in and I look forward to seeing you all next week.